Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. Today on the show, we have Susan Landers. Susan was a nanotologist for 34 years while also raising three children. She said she gave all she had to medicine and motherhood, and for the most part of her career, she kept burnout at bay. But near the end of her career, the excessive work hours, constant stress, and complex ethical cases began to really weigh heavily on her. She suffered through burnout, and afterwards, it took her nearly two years of self-care, cutting back hours, and a practice change to heal. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Susan. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you reaching out. As soon as your information came through and I saw that you wanted to talk about a subject that I think a lot of people get into, but maybe don't really think about it too much, uh, is that burnout and mm-hmm. also the healthcare side of burnout. And I was saying right before we, uh, we hit record here that I've got a, a good friend of mine who was in the healthcare industry and is actually no longer in healthcare. And part of the reason was for the burnout. So Susan, again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, why don't you kick us off? Tell us uh, who you are, what you do for a living, and one thing that most people don't know about you. Well, I am retired. I used to be a neonatologist. That's a pediatric specialist who takes care of critically ill newborns and premature infants in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And I did that for 34 years. And I loved it. And I practiced in academic medicine for a while. I practiced in private practice. I worked in um, nationalized medicine with the American Academy of Pediatrics. My husband is also a physician. So our whole lives were wrapped around medicine. Hmm. Uh, I also raised three children. They're all grown now. They're all young adults. What I'm doing now um, after retirement is I have written a book. And I am talking to younger people about, particularly working mothers, about working mother career burnout. Um, I went through working mother burnout in my 40s after the birth of my third child. And then I went through physician burnout again when I was 62 before I retired. It was the reason I retired early, actually. So. I enjoy telling stories to younger uh, people, younger professionals, especially career moms, because they are so hard on themselves and they're juggling so many different things right now. The dads are too, but I think the moms are carrying it a bit heavier. And um, they really are struggling to make it all work and to feel like they can be an okay mother when, in fact, they're probably doing a great job having a job, having a family, having a marriage, keeping it all together. It's, it's really no easy feat. The way women go at it is a little bit of a problem. We want to be super moms. And I was like that when I was a young doctor and I got married and I had children. I was going to be super mom. And I was going to read all the books and, and do everything perfect with parenting. And I found out that it was not easy and I didn't know everything. I had a lot of friends who were in the same position. We got married and had babies at the same time. And so I was able to have a, you know, a good 
support system, and we helped each other through learning how to be working mothers. I think the pandemic really hurt a lot of working parents. They were isolated. They were at home with kids. It's Some of the environments were very chaotic to hear them talk. And it made all the different jobs that they have to do seem so much more work. It, they couldn't send the kids to school. They didn't have child care. They weren't going to the office to get a breather from the home life. And so everything sort of snowballed in the pandemic. Not just for people that have kids, but everybody kind of experienced some sort of effect like that. But I would imagine it's got to be pretty worse for people that have kids. I know there are people that are on my teams that, that I talk to where I can see a little body run by them in the background or something that goes on. And that's just part of how it is at this point. Now, you've touched on a couple of different types of people, the people that are doctors that actually need to get out of their house and go to the hospital or wherever their right. facility is. And those people are in some ways able to get away from their kids, but then they have to figure out how do they do and, you know, all of that. Then there are the people that are still working from home. Now, I talk to people that absolutely love working from home because they've gotten into the rhythm of it. But then there are other people mm. that are like, I need to get out of here and everybody yeah. needs to get <laughs> away from me. Who do you find that you typically end up kind of working with? Uh, which of those of the categories? Uh, mostly the parents that try to leave home and go do their jobs somewhere else. My daughter is a pediatric ICU nurse. She's a great example of uh, the mom who has a career, has two kids at home. She and her husband are juggling schedules, who's picking up, who's dropping off, who's making dinner. And um, she worked a lot of overtime during the pandemic. But, and, and she saw some COVID cases in children that were very upsetting, some children the same age as her kids. And that's what you do when you're a nurse or a doctor. It, it touches you mostly when you see a patient that's a lot like someone in your family. And so being a nurse or a doctor, respiratory therapist, and going into the hospital during the pandemic because you had to work, gave those people a sense of fulfillment, and it was rewarding, but it was also scary, and they were fearful. In the early days, they didn't want to catch the virus or bring it home to their family. After the vaccines came out, then there was all this politicization of getting the vaccine or not, and most nurses and doctors happen to think vaccines save lives. So there was this conflict, not only about having to go to work, but dealing with people's attitudes about healthcare, about vaccinations, about school being out. And so all of those stresses were there in addition to working the job. Are you gonna catch the virus? Is your patient gonna fuss at you? Um, is your family sick? How's your husband doing? Who's paying for the childcare? Are you lucky enough to have a kid in preschool? And it just went on and on and on like that for folks who had to go into their workplace. I suppose working from home was somewhat of a respite for some people, but 
it's not easy. I've talked to moms who worked from home and they were ready to pull their hair out <laughs> because they couldn't get away from their children. And it was noisy and it was chaotic. So I don't think anybody had it easy during the last yeah. few years. I think everybody was stressed, but in different ways. I, I had it easy. I was, ha- I was hanging out at home with my husband, you know, taking walks. So I didn't have any hardship. But that's because I wasn't working anymore. Sure. Yeah, I, I know on a different side of that, there were people that had hardships within uh, their relationships, with their marriages, um, or with the company that they're working with. Um, I know, obviously, a lot of people were kind of shut out of work, the restaurant workers and people of that sort that could no longer work. And then there are people that were used to going into an office, used to doing a daily routine, and that just completely changed. And everybody had to figure out what that new normal is. I even, I don't even like saying the new normal sort of thing, because here we are calendar year three, and we're still trying to figure out how does this all look. So the people that are going through the burnout and the people that have kind of gone through that stuff, at what point do you think they get to, uh, to a point in their brain where they say, I have to actually do something about this? Or are they not getting to that point and they're almost getting suicidal with it? Well... There are different degrees of burnout among professionals and career folks, parents, young adults, middle-aged adults. And it starts as bad moods, depression, physical exhaustion, emotional overwhelm. And you can just have a bad day at work or a bad day working from home or a bad day in the ICU and feel those things. But... Burnout takes you further. It's where you dread going to work. When you are working, you're cynical about it. You detach from your work. In healthcare, it was scary how people felt detached. Um, and you, and the, the full burnout syndrome is one that pushes you to a place where you think you're no longer making a difference. That's the real key. If you, if you are no longer fulfilled in your work, if you're not making a difference, if you feel like, what is the point of all this, and you're working 10 or 12-hour days, and you're really trying hard, hopefully people who are feeling these things, physical exhaustion, emotional overwhelm, depersonalization, detachment from their work, And finally, lack of fulfillment. If they feel this, they need to pull back, get some space, create some place for themselves. Whether it's time off or outside of the house or talking to a friend, the point is it's too much work. It's too much stress and unmanaged stress from work. Burnout is a work-related syndrome, Nick, and it comes because we let the stress in our workplace get to us without managing it. Now, the way to recover from burnout, even while you're still working, if you can't make a space, if you can't take some time off, it's to take care of yourself. Get the exercise you need. Get the sleep that you need. Quit drinking alcohol so much. 
talk to a friend, rally those support people in your life. Um, do something that's really wonderful, like, <clears throat> excuse me, play music. I started taking piano lessons and played handbells in a, in a choir, in a handbell choir, and the music just took me away to someplace else, and it was so heavenly that I thought, I didn't think about all my stress. I, I got psychotherapy when I was burned out, and I would like to say that people who are listening who might be feeling symptoms of burnout should talk to somebody. Not just their spouse, not just their best friend. Psychotherapy is really beneficial for folks who are going through burnout because there's so many issues that that pile up um, to create that that stress that hadn't been managed properly. And some of us really need the help of an objective person who isn't in the thick of it. Your spouse may recognize that you're burnt out. Your partner may recognize that. And it creates conflict. When doctors are surveyed about their burnout, they say more than half of them, it's affecting my relationships. So they know they have burnout and they know it's making things worse at home. So it's not like they're gonna talk to their spouse to get better. Physicians are typically, um, I can take care of it myself kind of mentality. We, we don't show weakness. We are taught as interns and residents not to show weakness. We're strong. We can buck it up. We can work 24 hours. We can do whatever needs to be done. And in burnout, that's the opposite of what you should do. What you should do if you're burned out is take some time, back up, look at the issues, Take care of yourself, hobbies, music, exercise, rest. And those things are hard to do if you're working 60 hours a week. Or if you're you're working from home and your three kids are in the other room and you're trying to get your job done and you don't know what what they're doing, are they online learning, who's fixing supper, and it's just, it's just, easy to imagine how job stress overwhelmed so many people during the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of overwhelm still that people uh, are still kind of trying to figure out what does this need to look like for them. And you touched on a couple major things that just tie into kind of the blanket of depression. You know, where people start to pull back from things or maybe they're working a little too much and it's just they're not processing through this stuff. I know that there are times and I've been through depression. uh, There are times when you just don't want to do anything. And that even kind of goes along with fixing the problems. So taking that first step of being able to talk to somebody can sometimes be a giant step for somebody to say that I have a problem, especially if they've been taught that you've got to be a superhero. So how do you talk to those people to help them get to the point where they can actually talk to somebody and put their superhero cape back? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a great question. What you do is say, Hey man, I'm noticing that you don't seem like yourself and I'm here if you want to talk, or hey, I I notice that you seem really stressed more than usual, and could we grab a lunch and and maybe talk about things, and or wow, I'm really getting upset about all this work that's piling up, and 
the kids aren't learning well, and could we get together and maybe um, share a coffee and compare notes? It's really hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember a partner telling me, I think you'll burn out. But he, that's all he said. He just blurted it out. He didn't say, how are you? How are you doing? Do you want to sit down and talk? He just looked at me and said, I think you're burnt out. And I went, oh, man, maybe I am. Um, but but the, what the therapists say is we're supposed to approach a colleague who might be burned out with compassion and say, I notice you're not yourself. Can we talk? Or if you want to talk, I'm here. Offer a link to someone or say, boy, I've been there too. The reason that I'm having such an easy time talking to working moms is not because I've already been through working mom burnout and physician yeah. burnout. And I go, you don't want to go there. It feels really bad. You don't want to do that. So I feel like I can give advice about how to get help, what the things you should do to get better. But it always boils down to taking a step. You're right. The person that is burnt out has to want to get some help. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then they're not going to get anything out of it. You know, those people. No, that... they'll, they'll get sicker. They'll get worse. Yeah. Yeah, when I was burnt out, my drinking really increased. I used to drink a glass of wine at night, and when I was really burnt out bad, I would drink two or three glasses. And my husband said, I'm, I, I noticed you're really drinking a lot more than usual. I'm going, I'm just trying to calm my nerves and calm the stress. And, and my daughter noticed it too. Mom, why are you drinking so much? So we, we notice these things in people that are in our world. We notice that their behavior is different. We notice when they're overstressed. We've got to be brave enough to say something about it. <laughs> I think there's also the, the fact that sometimes those people are super stressed and they're calling something out because they can see it in somebody, but not in them. Just like your partner, you look burnt out. He may have been burnt out and was just saying it because he's like, well, I don't really want to talk about it, but <laughs> I got to be honest, oh, yeah. you look like how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, maybe projection comes into it. I don't, I don't know. That's pretty, pretty much over my head. But I do know that um, we can be there for each other in our workplaces and provide support. There's nothing better than saying, wow, I really understand what you're going through. Everybody likes to hear that. Everyone likes to know that their feelings are understood. Yeah, I, I get that. Definitely. Everybody, for the most part, thinks that I'm unique. You don't get what my problems are because they're my problems. But for somebody like yourself that goes, I know exactly what your problems are because I lived it and I've helped other people through it. Let's actually take a little bit of a step back to that version of you who was going through that burnout. What are the things that you went through that you would tell other people to be mindful of that are going through that same path and how to go about stepping outside of that? Well, I um, got help. I was brave enough to talk to a psychotherapist. I told my manager, my medical director, that I was pretty fried and I needed to cut back my hours. Some people won't be lucky enough to cut back their hours, but I had read that working less 
was an easy way to decrease the stress, and I changed my practice location. I left the NICU, I went to a low-risk labor and delivery unit, and I took care of um, healthy mothers and babies. And um, it reminded me how much I loved newborns and mothers, and it got me out of the ICU with all the stress and the monitors and the emergency deliveries. And so those are the two things that are that are necessary. Less work and sometimes a different work location. Then the other things that I mentioned, self-care, rest, exercise, hobbies, music, in addition to therapy, those are the things that you have to do. And some people are too busy to do it, but they're not going to get better if they, if they don't take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. You can only be too busy. Uh, I think when, when people make that excuse of, look, I'm just too busy, I, I like to call people BS on that. I'm like, oh, I get it. You just tell me no or like screw off or whatever because give me the real answer because that's not the real answer. Somebody had said to me years and years ago, and they were like, look, if your kid had a broken arm and somebody called you and said your kid's arm's broke, you're going to drop everything you're doing. You're going to go get your kid. Right. You don't have an excuse at that point. Well, you know, I don't have time. Like, I, I got other things I got to do or I got work or I got this. It's like, no, your kid's arm is dangling. Come get it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it must have something to do with admitting that we're not being our full selves. When in fact, burnout is a mental health condition. It's now in the DSM-5, and WHO recognizes burnout as a mental health condition. And, and there's such a bad stigma about mental health mental illnesses in our country, that a lot of people think if they admit they have a problem, that they're going to be labeled as mentally ill or crazy or less than or not good enough. And so I understand why people are so hesitant to bring it up, but we're we're going to run ourselves into the ground as a culture, as a working culture, if we don't admit when we're fried, when we're overdone. Yeah, that's a very good point. The, the admittance of that, you got to admit it to yourself. You step mm-hmm. out and you talk to your manager. There are certain people in certain jobs that don't want to have that conversation with their manager. They don't feel comfortable to have that conversation with their, their manager. You know, there's another way to go about it. Almost all corporate jobs have HR programs that offer employee assistance. You could go to your HR department without your manager knowing, and you could hook up with or talk to a therapist or a social worker or some kind of counselor, Mm -hmm. and you might have four visits or six visits or 10 visits, depending on what your employer offers. And even doing that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Almost all of us, I mean, think. I hope people think about this. Go to your workplace and find out what kind of employee assistant program there is. Maybe you could talk to somebody six visits. A friend of mine who's a social worker has now started working just with folks who get to her through employee assistance programs. Mm. And it's men predominantly, who don't want to admit they have a problem, but they know they've got a problem and they want to kind of secretively look at the issues. 
and she helps them pretty quickly figure out what's going on and how to go about getting better. So that's one thing that people can do. That's such a big thing to be able to go talk to somebody. And you kind of hit hit that big piece there where the men and women, I get that you come from the woman's side of this and especially working with working moms and all. Uh, as, a, as a men's mindset self-mastery coach and obviously having the podcast, I understand what that looks like on the men's side of that. And I understand what that's like to go, <clears throat> I don't want to have this conversation because I don't actually want to admit to myself that there's a problem. But to be able right. to do the research and see what you have in your HR portal or whatever, I can almost guarantee that most people will be shocked at the amount of actual resources they have. Like you said, four or five, right. six sessions, something like that. I think that's kind of a standard thing for most companies. And that's probably available without your manager knowing. Aren't those HR people real secretive and they keep everything confidential? And, and that makes Depends people feel company. a lot better. <laughs> My husband uh, said, I was burned out too, and I, I list the symptoms off. And he said, well, maybe I wasn't burned out. Maybe I was just tired of working. I said, honey, there's a big difference between burnout and being tired of working. And so we talked about it, um, and, and it was a great conversation because our approaches to being stressed at work, he just wanted to retire early, and I just got all crazy burnt out. So it's really interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, sort of scenario. How would you suggest that couples go about having that conversation or even stepping out and saying, hey, I think I may have a problem? The best way is to talk to your spouse or your partner. Sit down and say, I don't want you to fix this for me. I just want you to understand. Mm-hmm. It's just basic marriage 101. I have these feelings. They're driving me crazy. You're my partner. I need you to understand, especially if you decide you're going to do something about your burnout, if you're going to get some help or if you're going to change your schedule, if you're going to change your job or your job location, your spouse or partner has to know that and probably needs to understand why. And so it really boils down to you've got to talk about it. You've got to sit down without the kids somewhere private and talk about your feelings. And men don't like to do that as much as women do, but they can, and wives and partners can encourage men to talk about their feelings. I, I'm positive. I mean, I've, I, I've had lots of partners who didn't want to talk about things, like if we lost a baby or there was a very difficult code. And afterwards, they'll say, can we, can we debrief on that code? And then, well, it's okay. I don't want to go. No, we have to talk about that. So if you encourage people to sit down and talk, they will. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like stretching that muscle. Because once you start to open it up, you start to have a conversation, then it becomes easier to have that next conversation. Then it becomes easier to say, hey, I, I just got home. I'm a little stressed. Here's why. And I think there's also that balance where you don't want somebody to just complain the entire time. Nobody just wants to listen to somebody complaining. But if they're processing through and it's an allocated time to be able to do that, that can be a beautiful situation in a relationship to be able to build that and know that, hey, we're in this thing together. It's not just you by yourself. Right. I agree. And my husband said, why are you, why are you ringing handbells? That's crazy. You're not a musician. I said, I know, 
but the music is so amazing. It just makes my brain just turn off, and I don't have to think about anything else. And he said, oh, I've never thought about that. And I said, yeah, it's just like this amazing step away from life. And so he asked me, he made a snide comment, why are you doing that? Because I'm no musician. And I answered him, and once I explained why I was doing it, he got it. He understood. Makes sense. It also sounds like there's a little bit of a, a judgment there at first. Of why are you doing such a thing? Yes. And then when you make yes. that that case of why you're doing it, go, oh yeah, that makes total sense. And it's a nice little reset. Right. So we, being yes. able to find anything that is a reset. Sometimes, uh, uh, there are times where I get frustrated, you know, with business or work or something happened or anything could happen, and I know to get out of this space. And just taking that little step to actually step out of your space. Don't just sit in your anger or your frustration. You got to be able to get out of it. And then being able to have a conversation and say, hey, I'm a little pissed. Here's what's going on. Here's what happened. Most times you can talk through it and just be like, I'm good now. Thanks. I got it off my chest. Other times you actually need to process through. Are there any um, stories that you can tell us of people that you've connected with that you've seen kind of a major breakthrough, uh, especially in burnout? Yes, I talked to a bunch of neonatal nurse practitioners recently, and their manager, who has just completed her Ph.D. in nursing, after my presentation, she came up to me and said, would you be my therapist? And I said, no, I'm not going to be your therapist. I, I'm not a therapist. Not, you know, I'm a retired neonatologist. She said, I think I'm really burnt out. And I said, well, okay, we'll sit down and talk about that. But you've got to get some help and you've got to figure out how to cut back your hours. And so the point of this is I gave her permission to talk about it by giving a presentation. Mm-hmm. Some of the other nurses chimed in. Yeah, I don't like this or I don't like that. But, but she, the manager, she was really burnt out. And she came up to me afterwards and I helped her kind of make a short-term plan of how she was going to deal with it. Susan, it has been wonderful to have you on. I appreciate you jumping on and talking to us uh, and for, for doing the work that you're doing. Burnout is in some ways um, a, a hidden sort of uh, frustration for people where they don't really think that it's real. Some people think it's too real. Um, And some people don't actually know that it's happening to them. They just feel maybe I'm a little off. Maybe I've just been off for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's key. And Susan, uh, can you tell us one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? I would say, write down your goals, be very specific and prioritize them. And, Put yourself on the list. It took me until I was 40 to learn to do that. I think a lot of overachieving, um, motivated people, professionals, whether it's medicine or business, push themselves so hard. They know what their goals are and they clear about priorities, but they themselves are not on their list. And and that's part of why we're in such trouble with burnout. So I say on the road to self-mastery, learn how to take care of you. You've got to take care of you to make everything else work. Yeah, absolutely. You have to come first. 
before anybody else can. It's almost like when you're on an airplane. They say put your mask on before you put anybody else's on. Yeah, that's a silly that's a silly analogy, but it's really true. And um, I just, in retrospect, I think that I learned to do that very late in my career. I was in my 40s, and maybe I forgot how to do it in my 60s, and maybe that's why I got burnt out. Um, there were some very stressful cases, but I wasn't taking very good care of myself. So on the road to self-mastery, learn how to take care of yourself. That's beautiful. So, hey, tell us where people can find the book and where they can connect with you. I have a website, SusanLandersMD.com. And if you go to that website, forward slash burnout in caps, there's a checklist there to see if you are stressed, okay, or burnout. I also have resources on my website, and I write a blog there. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and all the social media links are on my website. So check out the burnout checklist, SusanLandersMD.com forward slash burnout. That's perfect, and that's that's a great checklist. So everybody, go ahead, check that out. I'm sure it's probably going to take you a couple minutes to just go through it and see. You might be depressed. You might also be burnout. So again, Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, Nick. This was fun. I enjoyed talking with you. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self-Mastery Show. Burnout is a real thing, folks. It's not some bullshit that someone came up with because they just didn't want to do something. Well, all right, sometimes maybe that's the case. But that's really because you're not processing through what's going on in life. But either way, burnout can and should be dealt with way before it consumes you. So what did you think about today's episode? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic of burnout and what else we got into today. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. And if you really enjoyed the show today, go ahead and share it with some friends and family and people that you care about. They'll appreciate you for sharing it with them. Check out the show notes for more info, contact info for Susan, and check out other episodes on the mindset and selfmasteryshow.com, as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up the mindset and selfmastery show. You'll see hundreds of videos, clips on there, all waiting for you. And thanks again, Susan, for being real, for being honest, and for being vulnerable with us and sharing some strategies that have helped you to get away from burnout and continue on your path to self-mastery. And thank you to you for spending some time with us today and for being interested in learning how you can stop yourself from being burnt out. And with that, remember, your mindset matters. And so do you.